from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. It's Friday. That means we have to get into what's going on Chiefs Kingdom. In terms of these mock drafts that are coming out, we have a couple of glimpses of the future that are going to come out today. We'll get into Demarcus Robinson. We'll get into the wide receivers in general. A couple of mocks that you know and a little bit of information. I'm Brian Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, your host at RGR Football, and the founder of what is now the Athletic Matrix. You can get that over at RogueAPC.com. I think this is going to be a fun day. And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. And thank you again for all the new iTunes reviews we've been getting. Uh, I do want to jump into something. I know we have a lot to talk about uh, when it comes to the draft. This is one of my favorite times of the year. It was brought to my attention today because I completely forgot. Kansas City is actually hosting next year's draft. Pretty cool, right? Like, I haven't even gotten my head wrapped around that yet. Yeah, and I'm going to have to try to go to that next year. Just going to throw that out there now. Uh, I think we should... I think I will be trying to go, and and we'll see if maybe I can get you to come to Kansas City. Yeah, I think that's probably a very big likelihood. Um, come east, my friend. Come east, right? I, it'll it'll be fun. You know, um, I'm really looking forward to hearing how they're going to go about it um, and what the activities around town will be. It's it's clearly lucky they didn't have it this year. Yeah, and I do want to mention this. Uh, I do not think that anything about them hosting the draft next year is going to change what they're going to do this year in the draft. Just want to throw that out there and be clear because somebody asked about trading away next year's first and not wanting to do that because they're hosting. I don't think that has anything to do with anything that they're going to do this year. Yeah, I would agree. That seems a little far-fetched to I, I'm sure there's you know some outside thought by somebody in PR, <laughs> but I doubt that Brett Veach, Andy Reid, or anybody in the front office is going to be concerned about you know the media exposure whether you have a, a first round selection next year or not. Um, that said, we, it, the first round selection is, is pretty questionable. Like we talked about in our mocks yesterday and the draft concepts of, about trades. I think that they're just generally going to be um, reluctant to give up a future number one after having not had one for the first couple of years under this regime. And so I, I think that maybe they're just a little bit uh, shy of that, unless it is really somebody that they dig. And I could see that, but it's like we kind of talked about already. I could also see them going the other direction and saying, you know, we absolutely have to protect Patrick and he's a half a billion dollar quarterback. You protect him the best you can. So, And and that's absolutely true. If there's one reason to go ahead and do that, that that is it in keeping him upright, keeping him healthy. And um, and, and I don't know if you saw it. Sorry, I just have to throw this out there. I don't know if you saw it or not. He posted a picture of him and his wife, or sorry, fiance, on Instagram on Easter, and he had a huge boot on his foot. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, we already knew about that, but that's not what you want to see from your QB a couple months after the season's over. No, and I wonder how he's getting around that golf tournament with that thing. It should be interesting. Yeah, right. Evidently, he and Trevor Lawrence are there together. I mean, maybe not together, but uh, at the same tournament at Augusta. So Kelsey's there too, I think. Yeah. I'm I'm not one that follows golf. I have a buddy that's been trying to get me into it forever, and I just haven't been able to pull the trigger. Uh, so yeah, I, I feign. I'd love to see you swing. A cl- I'd love to see you swing a club. That'd be pretty funny. Watch out! You might get your way. It won't be at a ball, so be careful. <laughs> there, there are a number of things going on. We also got confirmation. Um, that we do have uh, the Chiefs sitting right now at 13.3 million in cap space. 
So that is right about where we thought it was the other day. That includes uh, 990K, which are the base salaries for both Austin Blythe and Michael Burton. So they are on the ledger at this point. And so we have an accurate number. I think that is important as we go forward. No other news about any coming restructures of any kind or anything um, that is imminent, but I do think they have to continually be addressed. Um, one last thing coming up next, folks, we're going to get into two mock drafts um, that actually expose some concepts we haven't gone over yet. But do you think that there's anything, or any reluctance to do these uh, renegotiations or restructures or extensions before the draft? By the players? Or by the team? By either side. I mean, I could see it from both sides. I could see reasons for both sides not wanting to. The the players, uh, you don't want to give them the opportunity. Well, the players, I would think, would want to because it would generally assure them that they're going to be there after the draft. I can't see much reason they wouldn't unless they're wanting a longer contract. Kind of like the Jerron Reed situation ended up, uh, which worked out in Kansas City's favor. So uh, there's that. You know, the other side of it for the team is, you know, do you want to restructure somebody and then find out that you find a replacement that just drops in your lap you never thought you'd have? Which actually brings us to another player that we need to discuss right after this break. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Chiefs, but what about the rest of the league? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all about sports, all you need, all the news every morning, and it's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead, sir. I'll let you, since you're just sitting there smiling. <sighs> you know, now that you bring it up, we are going to get to those mock drafts. Well, I guess we'll bump that back a segment. So we, we'll talk about what Peter Schrager, his first mock out came out. Well, I think it actually applies to this mock draft, though. That's kind of yeah, okay. why I brought it up. All right. Fair enough. Well, let's just get into it. We'll get to that in, in a bit. Um, really interesting to hear from Demarcus Robinson after coming back to Kansas City. Um, and the fact that, uh, he let it slip. Detroit was the other team that was speaking with him. You know, they lost some guys this, uh, offseason as well. So I found that a little bit interesting, especially trying to fit in with Jared Goff and whatever that offense is going to turn out to be. Um, that sounds right. Yeah. Your, your guess is as good as mine. But the really interesting thing is that. In this interview, DeMarcus feels that it's been a lack of opportunity for him and that he can, in his words, feel that he can be a thousand yard receiver and put up 10 touchdowns. Um, I, I am excited for the confidence and the goal setting. I think that's in one season. Time. According to him, yes. <laughs> he wants to go out there and quote, show that I'm a guy that could put up a thousand yards a year and 10 touchdowns. I'm ready to make that happen. They said they have something in store for me, and I'm ready to show them, unquote. And I think that's important. Um, there's a, a couple of takeaways from there, but first and foremost, how do you feel about his role in the offense now that he, he is back, he and Pringle presumably fighting for the X role at this point? And do you believe that that, that could be his future? No. 
I don't think that's his future. Uh, I'll just put it as plainly as I possibly can. I do not see him going for a thousand yards. And the reason I don't, and people can call me a, uh, somebody that is a late or a, a Debbie Downer or whatever you want to be, but whatever you want to call it, I don't really care at this point. When it comes to Demarcus Robinson, we have seen, I think, what he can do the best. And that's not be a thousand yard receiver. I think he's going to be another four or 500 yards. Uh, the problem for Robinson is they would have to build in packages for him to get to a thousand yards. And I don't think he's a big enough talent to build packages around. Let me put it that way. And that may be accurate. That's, that's the thing is that you've had, you've had the ability to carve out something, especially with Sammy Watkins lack of playing time due to injury. You've had the opportunity to carve out a role in this in this offense and to grab enough of attention or enough uh, attention from the opposite team to make Andy kind of switch things around for you, and it hasn't happened yet. Right, and let's not forget, they still went out when they didn't think they were going to get a deal done with Tyreek or they weren't sure of the situation and drafted Michael Hardman mm-hmm. when Robinson was still here. And Robinson was still going to be here. And Watkins was still going to be here. So they f- still felt like they had to go out and get another wide receiver. Yeah. That is saying something. And and I'll tell you this. Like I said before, like I, I enjoy the confidence. I think that's good. And I think a competition with he and Byron Pringle is best for the team. I'm just not sure at the end of the day if he's actually got the upside left that I think uh, Pringle still has on tap. And I think that's probably a fair statement, although people will say that Pringle has not shown anything over the past couple of years. And I would agree with that for the most part, although I will also say He's gotten more of he's gotten less of a chance than Robinson has, which I'm kind of surprised about in a way, uh, because I think that Pringle has shown uh, that he has the ability to make catches and make the tough catches, and that's honestly where Robinson has let you down at times. Is some of those big catches? Uh, I'm trying to think of. I think it was maybe the Raiders game early in the season where he got sandwiched in the end zone and could have had a big touchdown catch. It ended up not hurting them later. But those are the kinds of plays you can't miss. You, you can't, if you want to be that 10,000 yard receiver and 10 touchdowns guy, you can't miss those plays. Yeah, you got to grab each and every one of them, right? There's no way around that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that the aspect of being that as the third option, and, and let's be honest, whenever Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are on this roster, you are at, at no time any better than the third option. I think that plays into some things. Juju Smith-Schuster said uh, through social media in, in some interview that Andy Reid, when they when they were pursuing Juju, Andy kept texting him pictures of the Lombardi Trophy over and over and over. I think that's a great way to entice free agents. And that said, having that and Andy Reid and knowing the explosive nature of the offense, I think one of the limitations it puts on for someone like Smith-Schuster, who, who decided obviously not to come to Kansas City, despite more money and a better quarterback, I think it is about the role that that third receiver, the third option in the past game, has to play. And that may be fair, but what I would argue in that regard is that Smith-Schuster is a much different prospect, not even prospect, a much different player than, than Demarcus Robinson is. Smith-Schuster is a guy you could build a package for. Mm-hmm. And take and take advantage of different things. I mean, that's the thing. Like Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are going to basically be doing the same thing over and over again because uh, they're pretty much matchup nightmares, and you're just not going to be able to guard them. Generally speaking, unless you are able to do what Tampa Bay did, and that's you know not many teams are going to be able to do that. 
But the key is with a guy like Schmidt, Smith Schuster, he would have a role. He would have a place that he could go and say, okay, against this team, I'm going to be very valuable because I can do this, 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 and this as where I don't see that with Demarcus Robinson. He doesn't have that role. He doesn't have that ability to go against specific teams or even, you know, a few teams that the Chiefs will play this season and really take advantage of CBs, whereas I think Smith-Schuster could, depending on the matchups. I agree with you, and and I think that the most telling thing about this little comment to me, um, this quote in Chad Reuter's piece, was it Chad? I can't remember. No, it was Kevin Potcher. Um, in this piece is that uh, where he says, they have something planned for me, or something in store for me, excuse me. Um, I, I find that telling because we need to see that pretty early in this next season, if that's actually going to be the case. And we have the draft yet to go through. We'll talk about that coming up here in a minute. But uh, if that is the case, what do you think that that would entail? How do you maximize what DeMarcus Robinson is? Uh, and we're not talking about special teams play? No, we're not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have nothing. I have no problems with Demarcus Robinson other than uh, we've just been burned by him multiple times. Uh, he he continuously has an opportunity and he hasn't stepped up. And, and granted, I'll give you Pringle didn't step up the way I was expecting him to when he had his opportunities as well. So there's that as well. Uh, but Robinson's had several years and just hasn't stepped forward. So I'm not really sure what role that they think he can step in and fill. Because right now, with the way the offense is, uh, you know, you have Tyree Kill. It's going to take the, you know, the stuff over the top. He's going to take lots of different things in the middle of the field as well, because he's going to get people running away from him, and he's going to be able to cut on a dime and, and get open. Travis Kelsey works the middle of the field and can run anywhere as well, so that kind of opens things up. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, I think, is going to have a much bigger passing game contribution this year than he has it uh, in the past. So at best, I think that Robinson would be maybe your fourth option. (laughs) I mean, are are you going to say he's going to be out there instead of Michael Hardman? Uh, Hardman, I think brings more because of the speed, although we've talked about Hardman too, having issues and, but those are completely different issues than what Robinson has. Robinson doesn't have the speed Hardman does uh, and can't do some of the things that Hardman can. So, I think he's limited in his skill set. And don't get me wrong. I mean, compared to, you know, you and I or anybody else, Demarcus Robinson's an amazing athlete, but compared to the rest of the NFL, not so much. Well, and I'll tell you this. He does have some athletic traits that I think help. And the thing that I I like that I want to see improve, because I think it is someplace that's good in his game already that he can build on, is getting off of the press because of the speed of Hill and Hardman. If he can beat the press consistently and and beat it, I think, quite frankly, to the inside where he can press, especially if a team's going to play you too high or if they're going to play that cover three where they already have somebody in the deep side already backed off, like I, they need someone else to press that to keep things from doubling up on Hill and Hardman. So like, I, I want to see him be able to get better releases, be active earlier in routes rather than what I – maybe it's just my – my perception of the past, but it seems like his big plays come late in plays because Absolutely. of either ad lib or the, the design of the play itself. Yeah. He has chemistry with Patrick as well. I think that helps. The other thing he does really well, and, and this is not really even 
kind of, I mean, it's receiver related in a sense, but he's a fantastic blocker. I mean, he's going to help in that sense and that will always help an offense, but that's not going to get you paid as a wide receiver. So, you know, you're right. He has to get better. at the, the small things. He has to get better at getting off the press. He has to get better about getting open and uh, giving Patrick a, a place to go with the ball. The problem is, is in order for him to get a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns, he has to be the number one or number two target. And I can tell you just by looking at the players on this team, I'm guessing that he would not be the number one or number two target in 85% of the plays. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta make the most of what you got. And that's what we're going to do when we talk about what could happen in this draft. We'll get to that in a minute. If you heard me talk about the athletic matrix before it is out at rogueapc.com, use that code matrix L O N for locked on network, and you can get a steep discount. Uh, we're going to get into Peter Schrager's mock for the Chiefs, as well as one more scenario about uh, maybe a trade that they could pull off. We'll do that coming up next. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And we recognize it's been hard to keep up with the brackets and all the new flavors. But let's remember, when it all comes said and done, there are a couple things that really stand out, like cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein at 130 calories, or almond coconut, which is one of my favorites still. And you can get a serious discount over at BuiltBar.com by using the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 50% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. So I like the way that Peter Schrager does this. Everybody's had like, what, 17 million mock drafts at this point? It is sitting here. It's April 8th, and he puts out version one for himself. I like that. Keep that stress off of him. And he did something interesting for the Chiefs um, in, I won't say that it was shocking because I've been talking this guy up on on RGR quite a bit, to tell you the truth. Uh, he ended up selecting at 31 without a move around, um, Terrace Marshall, um, the other quote unquote wide receiver at LSU, um, big bodied guy that can, uh, again, play that X like we were just talking about. How do you like that selection uh, given a number of tackles went off the board before that. Well, I think it's all going to depend on who's on the board. I think that she, the Chiefs could like Terrace Marshall. I think that it's possible that they're going to go that direction. Uh, it would not shock me if they stay at 31. That is a pick that I could see them making. The question that's going to happen and the question that's going to be, and as always is, is, you know, where do teams see these players? Because it seems like, and it happens every single season. We have guys that just keep getting pulled up and pulled up and pulled up and pulled up. Are they being pulled up because people think that they're hearing things from teams and teams are giving smoke screen? Or are they getting pulled up because uh, they're actually, they were lower rated than they should have been to start with. I wonder if Marshall will be there. If he's there, I could see Kansas City taking him, but where are they going to go at left tackle if he is there? Because my guess is, is that all the left tackles they would have wanted are probably going to be gone if Marshall is sitting there. Well, in this scenario in particular from Peter, um, it was tackle heavy. I mean, four quarterbacks off the top, Jamar Chase, no argument there, uh, followed by Slater, the first off the board of the offensive tackles at six. 
a lot of folks feel that they're going to fall a little bit farther than that, but st- certainly two in the top 10 for the off tackle group. And then number three, Christian Darisaw, who's nearly ubiquitous in the third slot for the offensive tackles across anyone who's, who's doing film review. Um, they have him going to Los Angeles at 13, which is really fast and does not allow you to push any other tackle talent down. I wonder if it comes down to the Cosmies and the Leichenbergs. Um, Tevin Jenkins, I think, would be a favorite, and a lot of folks feel that he has the athleticism to move over to left-hand side. Um, looks like that could be an option late as well if Peter, who is plugged in, uh, has this kind of nailed. Yeah, and don't forget, Vera Tucker is somewhere on that board, I'm sure, as well, right? Uh, actually, I have to go back and double-check. I don't think Elijah Vera Tucker went prior to the Chiefs' selection. And there are people who say that despite multiple tackles in this group, especially like the ones on the fringe of the top tier um, that came up with some shorter arm lengths, there are a number of people around the league that keep telling me that they're hearing the league is not as concerned about length this year because of the way that it's being measured and the fact that it's not done at a combine where it's measured by the same person in the same apparatus at the same time and actually gives you a uniform measurement. So maybe that allows AJT to come in, Elijah Vera Tucker. That's funny to me because of all the things you want to hear, that's not one of them. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I mean, you start looking at, you know, medical is something that they're talking about. And I know you want to talk about this in a second uh, when it comes to, you know, who's available or who wasn't able to go to Indy for a checkout. Uh, but you start looking at things like measurables, like arm length and and all of that. If teams don't know and and you're not getting a guy in, so you can't do your own measurements either, man, your risk your your risk with health and your risk with normal measurements that would just be uh, easily gotten are going to be a lot higher this year than in years past. Yeah, I think this whole draft is a, is a higher risk, and I wonder if they're preparing to do that. And I, I like the way you brought that up. There are a couple of guys, another tackle in particular, Liam Eikenberg, who I think does need to have those measurements confirmed. He, do, he was asked to go to Indy for the medical specifically, so needs to be checked out. But he, and, uh, and from my last report that I saw, uh, other quote-unquote Notre Dame linemen um, ended up coming down with COVID-19, so they weren't able to attend Indy, and that maybe in, in another 10 days they can unquarantine and get back and get checked out. Uh, evidently, they're planning to do that because it is that important. The medicals are, as most teams will tell you, the most important thing about a combine. Um, so there's still a couple of weeks, and I think that they can still get that done. I think they can get it done, but man, that's all of this is just going to be a cluster this year, and I don't know what else you're going to do about it. I mean, you're going to have to take risks, and that is why when we go back to talking about what we talked about yesterday, I could see Kansas City not wanting to move up because you are risking things on things that you were not going to have the information that you normally would to make that decision. Like nor in a normal draft year, you would have all these measurements. You would have interviewed these guys. You'd feel a lot better about taking some of these guys because you would have had them in on visits. You would have talked to them in person and you could have done your own measurements if you needed to. And I'm not talking measurements like 40 time or three cone. I mean, those are a little easier. I mean, when you're starting to talk about arm length with, tackles that actually does become an important issue yeah uh i mean it's it's a huge deal when you're when you're a tackle so (laughs) it's just it's one of those things it's just like one more thing of what are we going to do how is it going to work and you know where 
I could see some of these teams going to the point of saying, what's the least risky thing we can do? And that's my point. Like, there's a mock draft that came out, um, another one that involved the Chiefs trading up to the Jaguars at 25, giving up a fourth and a fifth. I think that's an interesting scenario for the exact opposite flip side of that coin that you were just talking about. If they do have somebody that they have zero concerns about and they feel is like all squared away, they want the guy. Maybe the question marks around a bunch of other prospects makes them zero in on somebody and want to go up and spend the extra picks knowing that you have more holes to fill uh, because they have supreme confidence in one prospect or another. Yeah, and I'd be okay with that. It's just a question of whether or not you're going to feel confident with that. Like, for example, Eichenberg, if he doesn't get checked out before the combine, are you going to feel like you can draft him in the first round or move up to draft him in the first round without knowing what his medical is? Mm -hmm. Are you going to know, you know, and I don't know, I'll be the first to admit on Eichenberg, I'm not sure what his arm length is, but what if you are not questioning, what if you don't feel like his arm length is enough? Are you willing to go and, and trade something to go get a guy like that that you still have questions about? I mean, yeah, he could still become a good player, but you're going to have to probably move him inside a guard. And I know people were going to say that, you know, does that stuff really matter? It does when you're talking about locking up on basically an island, which is what the Chiefs are asking their tackles to do on a regular basis. Yeah, it definitely is. That, and that's it's what it all comes down to. And let me check. I do have it here somewhere. And that is a concern. Right. You know, at that point, like you do have to do some verification and, you know, there's risk everywhere. Right. Um, I believe it came in at uh, 32 and three eighths is what I have recorded here. Um, Now, that's from the pro day numbers. Um, If somebody's got to remeasure and maybe that's one of the things they're trying to do with the medical for him in particular um, because of the shorter arm length. Um, Again, he's an interesting case because he hasn't given up a sack in college football. Uh, since mid 2018. So he is one of those cases where you could look at and say, well, you know, the play on the field doesn't match what your normal concern would be for this arm length thing. And hand fighting comes into that. And if you work good with your hands, you can make up for some of that length. But you're, you're absolutely right. Without that confirmation or knowing what's going on with these players, I think that puts big question marks on them. Well, and playing in Notre Dame, don't get me wrong. He plays a, a lot of good players, but it's still not the NFL. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's where I'm coming from. And and honestly, he may end up being a great left tackle. He may end up being a great tackle. I, I'm not saying he won't. I was using him as an example. My whole point is, is if you don't know, and there's no way you're going to know before the draft, because if he can't go get checked out in Indy for medical uh, before the draft, then that's a question mark. Uh, if you question his arm length, although you're right, you there are ways to get around it. Uh, but if you feel like he's technically savvy enough and that it works out, uh, I mean, you can watch enough tape and have a pretty good feel for a guy when it comes to that kind of thing. So, you know, is he good enough with his hands to be able for it to translate to the next level? And as much as we have given Andy Heck a hard time, uh, there are a lot of offensive linemen that go to bat for him uh, that have played for Kansas City that say he's a heck of a offensive line coach. So there's something said. To, there's something there to be said as well. Yeah, I agree. I think it's an interesting concept trading up a little bit to get somebody that you're zeroed on. We'll probably revisit this when we know a little bit more. We will, or we should at least, hear from Brett Veach pre-draft. Uh, that will be enlightening as well. But we hope that you guys enjoyed this week of everything that we've done uh, and try and explore some of the fringe ideas that are out there as well as what we see in grades. I have to just throw this out there just as a quick little last thing. Do you think Kansas City goes 
and makes a big move up? And how high do you think they could go? Right now, my gut still says no. But as I start to hear more and more about some of the question marks the teams have because of the process, not because players aren't the quality that they usually are, uh, but because they haven't had the process to make themselves comfortable, the more I think that it is a possibility out there. However, uh, unlikely I still think it is. I'm still, you know, over under whether they do it or not. 50-50, I'll take the under. And I think they stay put at this point. We'll be back more. Um, we have hopefully some guests that uh, will actually come through. I had a couple of cancellations this week. We're trying to get you more voices, um, some that you're familiar with and some that you are not. Uh, to give you more opinions about as we get ready to see what is the biggest single weekend in the evolution of a football team each year. And I think we're pretty excited. We appreciate everything you've done for us. Keep those iTunes reviews and questions coming and hit us at Locked on Chiefs on Twitter. We'll be back with another show on Sunday night. Thanks for listening to us today, and we'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.